Okay, here we go. Well, last week uh, we didn't do anything. Or no, I'm sorry, last week we didn't do anything because we weren't here. The week before we talked all about the Holy Supper. So I am still between pages 85 and 129. Did you say we're on I don't know what I said. <laughs> I thought I heard you say, let's start on signs. Did I really? Yeah, what, page si- what page are signs on? 92. Oh, good, okay. Yeah, we can start there. That'd be great. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's eighty or ninety pages sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I. Yeah, I agree. It's almost it almost would be better like if for chapter one, if we would have said read explore in the neighborhood of creation, then read Kerygma Jesus birth, then read. So it'll take a bit longer. But it does give us a chance to explore those 20 pages. So, why don't we? It, unless, unless the bishop has other ideas, I think that's probably fine. I agree. Yep. Well, let uh, yeah. Let's see where we end up today, and then we can try to do that. Beth, do you have something? Yeah. I know. <laughs> Helps to have the questions on tape then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Um, so, okay. Eight, well, we do have a big chunk today. 85 to 129. Anything? Where do you want to start? You know, we've talked a bit about... Um, I think we did talk a little bit about the word and the kind of anti-Gnostic section here. You know, everyone knows, well, I I think most people know what Gnosticism is. It's kind of this elevation of the spirit over the flesh. Um, And John's gospel totally then destroys that notion of Gnosticism. But I don't know how much further we got, because it's been like four weeks since we actually looked at the text. I mean, we didn't meet last week, and then we talked about the Holy Supper, and before that, I don't, we, we talked about five or six pages. So, where do you want to go? I'd like you to talk about the sign. Okay. So many people say, oh, yeah, it was a sign. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it starts on page 92. Let's see. Well, let's, let's just look at page 93. I do have something marked here, so that might... I don't know what's marked, but we'll see what it says. Signs and wonders there. First full paragraph. Miracles and mighty works are certainly part of the story. Yes, an essential part of the biblical story and its continuation and outworking in the Christian life. But out of context, apart from God's revelation of himself in Jesus, severed and then removed from their organic uh, positionings in the intricate and detailed formation of God's people, they are simply things. Miracle commodities that are brought, bought and sold on the religious stock exchange. And I think that's, well, let me start by saying this. Luther's, Lutherans have this fear of anything that seems charismatic. So, something like signs, or even when we get to wonders, you know, he talks about uh, uh, the fear of God. Signs and wonders or miracles occurring, Lutherans are not too fond of that. 
I don't think it's I don't think it's wrong to talk about that sort of stuff because it does happen. But as you know, the Lord's always been a Lutheran, so he always works by means. <laughs> There's never, you can pick, I mean, I would be anxious to see if anyone can pick, I would say one, but let's say five, for the sake of argument, five times in the scriptures where the Lord works apart from means. I'll give you an example. Even in the, even in the Garden of Eden, when he says to Cain, sin is crouching at your door. Now, someone who wasn't a Lutheran would read that and say, well, there was a voice from heaven, and Cain was stunned, and the Lord said, Death is crouching at your door. Probably in English, too, because you know he was Caucasian, I'm sure. <laughs> Death is crouching at your door. Well, Luther interprets that and says, Well, Adam went to Cain and said, Death is crouching at your door, because Adam's the pastor in the garden, and the Lord always works by means, so he spoke by a man, and that's how it happened. Well, it's the same thing with science. It's not like he just zaps people from heaven. He always does it via some medium. So there are signs even today Every Eucharist is a miracle. Every absolution is a miracle. But that doesn't happen apart from a living, breathing person who does them in the stead and by the command. So are you going to wake up one day and be healed from your disease without any intervention from the outside? I suppose you could, but that wouldn't be the normal way in which the Lord works. He sends you to a doctor. He sends you to the Eucharist. Prayer is a means of grace. She's, I'm sorry, I should have repeated. <laughs> she said, would prayer be considered a, a, an intervention? Uh, yes, specifically the Lord's Prayer. But all prayer, in a sense, is. But he, he still will deliver the goods. And prayer is, you're speaking back to God, what he's spoken to you. But somehow he's got he's to encounter that person and invade their life and then change something. So how does he do that? That's why I said the Lord's Prayer specifically, because the Lord's Prayer actually delivers the goods as you speak it because it's the words and deeds of Jesus. Um, so prayer is a means of grace. The Lord's Prayer in particular is a means of grace. Yeah? I just have a, I wanted to comment that um, when I, you know, it's been difficult for me, this particular thing, because I feel, I mean, I'm ashamed to admit it, but I really feel kind of desensitized to mm-hmm. um, magic. Mm-hmm. into my house, and the real miracle here is that, um, you know, I didn't just fall down the stairs. That's right. You know, he, I, I, was, I almost fell, and then I didn't, or the real miracle here is that I shut my mouth in time to not offend my husband, or the real, you know what I mean? Like, those little miracles. Yeah. Because for me, I can't wait. For me, it is. But, I mean, what I'm saying is, Mm-hmm. Time, but he doesn't. I right. Or maybe we don't see it's it. like that's what I there, 
but there's part of me that really wants Mickey Mouse instead of, I mean, I don't mean to be that way. But yeah, right. It's like, I like the sensation of it, but it seems like, you know, even on TV with the special effects, and it's like, you can, I can imagine so much spectacular magic, and then I wonder if the reason he doesn't do that is because it can be replicated. You know, like when Moses and Aaron, am I going on too long? No, you're not. Go ahead. You know how he replicated those magic yeah. things? Yeah, uh-huh. Well, they weren't magic, but I see. I get your point. Yeah. 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 Or that are not intended to be replicated. Go ahead, and then I'll then I'll say something. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's a very good question because you encounter a lot of Christians who have claimed stuff like this has happened outside of, they, they don't come in contact with the sacraments, they don't come in contact with the spoken word in the way that Lutherans do or other denominations do. Um, let me say one thing before I tell you what I, to ask can he or how or why, those are not the right questions. Let me give you an example. John 6, Jesus says, the bread that I give is my flesh. And, the, and all the disciples there say, how can that be? That's their question. How can that be? And Jesus skips the, he doesn't even answer the question. He just says, the bread that I give is the flesh, the bread that I give is for the life of the world. And he moves on. Then at the end of John 6, that great bread of life, bread of life discourse, his disciples, it says, some of them left him. So to, people ask us all the time, how can that happen? Or why did that happen? Or why doesn't he do this? And those are not questions that the Lord's ready to answer. He just simply says, here's what I've done, and here's what I promised to do, and this is how I work. But you're going to have people that say, it happened. And, and to be honest, I think you have to do all you can to push them back to some sort of concrete, tangible, tangible reality that delivered what happened. Like, yeah, you had cancer and you were healed, but boy, you went to a doctor for six months. You know, Maybe that helped a little bit. But at the same time, you could destroy someone's faith if you say, no, it, it didn't happen. I mean, um, you can't say it didn't happen. You can't say that. You, just, you can never say, no, that didn't happen. But you want to try your best to point them back to some sort of means by which this did happen. Because it's, it is, um, it's not in the way of Jesus to work outside of means. And if someone believes that the way, that's the way the Lord works, they're on the wrong track. Yeah, right. I'm following. I'm tracking. Who, the Lord, you mean? Right. 
like yeah. Christ comes into my home. He's in my home. I can take our, I mean, you know? Yeah, it's right. It's like it's dirty. It's not, it's like this all we were talking about. It's not, I don't feel like it's holy. Mm-hmm. He has to come in and be so ordinary. Right. And sometimes it frustrates me because I know that he comes in to be ordinary so that I don't feel um, not good enough. He comes in to say, I came here to you because you're okay. Mm-hmm. You're the one I want. Right. It's not that you need to, you know, have the winning lottery ticket to get a spectacular miracle. You know, you know what I'm saying? He only works in the ordinary things of life. I mean, that's why, that's why I read the psalm for this morning, because the very last verse is, do not forsake the work of your hands. And that's a reference to two things in particular in the scriptures. One is the creation of Adam from what? From the dirt. But why do we want it to be, why do I have this desire for everything to be so spectacular? Because it's just the same desire as Adam. It's the exact same desire as Adam. You know, because I mean, I, I, I really, you know, the, my visions of heaven, I'm sure, are going to be way different than what heaven really is because I'm like, oh, you know, the <laughs> rubies, emeralds, endless peace. I mean, do you know what I mean? I completely understand. I I don't think so. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, and all of that, even though, I mean, like, take your dirty house. Well, it's not on fire, and you have a place to live. And so what the, and this is, you know, I, I hesitate to cite the catechism because I think that's overdone in Lutheranism, but I will. Um, you know, like, for instance, with baptism, this is the way the Lord works. The Lord doesn't want something immaculate. He wants something that's ordinary and, in a sense, is a bit condescending for him to get involved with. It's not just plain water, the catechism says, but it's water connected to God's word, which actually then, is spirit-filled, life-giving, holy water. He takes ordinary stuff and makes it extraordinary. He takes an ordinary family who has their own problems and makes them extraordinary. He takes ordinary bread and wine and transforms it into his own body and blood. He takes ordinary water. He takes an ordinary jamoke of a pastor and he says, forgive these sins. That's the way the Lord works. If he did it any other way, he wouldn't be the Lord. And that's all that all is bound by the very beginning of this chapter, John 1, his incarnation. If he doesn't incarnate, he doesn't work that way. But because he comes a, becomes a man, just like, just like all of us, and lives the life, he lived in a dirty house. Mary didn't always pick up. He knows what that's like, but that's the way he wants to work. Any other way, he wouldn't be the Jesus that you need. That's the point of the incarnation. So he wants to take the ordinary and make it extraordinary. He wants you to walk home and see, my house is a mess, but I have a family who loves Jesus, and Jesus loves them, and this is a flipping miracle. That's what he wants. Okay? And, and, and to work outside of that is not to work in the way of Jesus. And that's what magic does. I mean, all magic is is to take what the Lord has said 
and twist it in such a way that it gives you what you want, but not what the Lord wants. So the black mass, it's the, it's the Roman rite mass spoken backwards. That's all it is. That's all it is. It's spoken from the very end backwards. And we don't need to get into all, this is just, I'm just talking about witchcraft and all. All they want to do is speak what the Lord has said and, and, and deliver something that they want, not what the Lord wants. And why does that happen? Because you're a child of Adam and Eve. Wow, this fruit looks good. Wow, we could be like God. Now, we know he doesn't want that for us. He wants us to be Adam and Eve. But we could be like God, so let's eat the fruit and see what happens. Well, Satan says, Satan says, wouldn't it be great if you were like God? Satan says to you, wouldn't it be great if my house was great? Wouldn't it be great if heaven, was, if heaven was like this? And wouldn't it be great if I could be healed without going to church? And wouldn't it be great if I didn't need this? And wouldn't it be great if all this? Those aren't the questions the Lord asks. He says, here's what I've said. Here's what you need. And here's where I give it. Here's the thing. It, maybe they happen, but, we don't, but we, don't base, we don't base anything we believe off of that because the Lord's worked outside of how he's promised to work. But could they happen? Yeah, they could. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I think sometimes I, I, th- I completely agree because I've had those experiences in my own life where I'm like, this is, if there's a miracle, this is it. Yeah, I know you and you think, that. how did that happen? But I think, I, and I don't, know, I don't know your own examples, but I think in my own life, you know where it happens for me most of the time? Some guy runs a red light, and I'm going through, and I'm like, whoa. I, that that should have been the end of me. And then you remember, how does the Lord work? Everyone has a guardian angel. He has angels all over the place. He's still working by means. Some people get hit. By the Some people get hit. Who are, who are Christian That's right. And doing the same things we're doing. Exactly. That's right. Or or I I can remember. In fact, that wasn't a miracle. In fact, we 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 had our first basketball game, and some of the guys I think they were waiting for me to pray one of these. Lord, if it's your will, let us win. <laughs> and I think to myself, one, that's praying outside the name. He's not the Lord of basketball. And two, does he, yeah, maybe in Wheaton, I don't know. But does he really, does he really care if you win? Insofar as it's a basketball game, I suppose. But anymore, I mean, that's just. And we used to pray. This is what's so funny. I remember playing at the seminary and our coach who, God bless him, was a Missouri Synod pastor, used to say, let us pray, Lord Jesus, give us the will to win. And if it's your will that we win, please let it, and we lost like 19 games in a row. So, you know, you you get the impression, yeah, you're like, we're not Christian anymore. I mean, what the heck, we're going to be pastors and we can't even win a basketball game. Um, Although we only lost to St. Louis by three, which in our books was a victory. So, anyways... Yeah. 
think that he cared most about, when he talked about baptism and sacraments and all those things, have really nothing to do with the world. That's right. That's right. So yeah. To get all hung up on, you know, if he can't cure my dad's cancer, mm-hmm. my dad's faith wasn't strong enough, then someone right. else pray and they'll cure it. Right. Is really making a mockery out of this. That's exactly right. And and the proper response then is this gets back to your question and your point. If it happens, say, well, thank you very much. Right. And if it doesn't happen, say, well, thank you very much. Yeah, that's right. That's good. Exactly. I completely agree. Like, that's the wrong message to say, God help me when they're sick. I don't know. Right. God sure. Yeah. I don't know. You happened to win the game today. Right. And what has he promised to do? He hasn't, he's promised to forgive. He hasn't promised to heal everyone in the way that uh, you're going to live for another 30 years. But your dad was healed, and so was the other guy with cancer who's healed physically. That's why we pray, O oh, great physician of both body and soul. So... Yeah, no, you're you're thankful. This is this is God is good all the time. Even if he even if he kills you, he's good. That's the way the Lord works. If he sends you in a car wreck, he's good because it says you know as the scriptures say, the Lord gives life and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. No matter what he does, it's all good. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. That's right. I mean, you don't have, you don't, heaven is not the alternative yet. That's right. Unless, unless you're attached to the sacraments, because then heaven is a reality. This is, the, this is the great joy of the sacraments, is that even if, you're, even if your cancer's not healed and you're not dead yet, which can be a miserable spot to be in, heaven is already yours. And I realize that seems, like to other Christians who don't have that reality, that seems vague and almost magical, to be honest. But for, but for sacramental Christians, that's what it's all about. A guy like Bob Williamson cannot be healed, and he's not dead yet, and he's suffering, and say, you know what, but heaven's already here. It's all okay. And no matter when the Lord takes me, it's all okay. If he makes me well, it's all okay. If he doesn't make me well, it's all okay. If I suffer, it's all okay. And if I die, it's all okay. Because frankly, I'm already in heaven right here. And, and, the, and the la- I remember the last time I saw him when I came to the hospital, I read that text from 1 Peter 4 where it was, Rejoice in your sufferings insofar as you share in the sufferings of Christ. Which is exactly then what we pray upstairs. Uh, bless those who su- Grant that those who suffer be joined to the sufferings of Christ. So when people see people who suffer, even if they're not healed quite yet, they actually get a picture of Jesus. That was the great joy. But it's hard in the midst of in the midst of earthly life, as the hymn says, it's hard to see that reality. But other people saw it. They see Jesus. But you can't be, you know, 
You can't just offhandedly say, well, go to the sacraments, it's all okay. You need to give a winsome witness about why you should be at the sacraments and what that does. But that, there's no life apart from the Holy Supper. There's absolutely no life apart from it. doesn't mean other people are going to hell. That's not what I'm saying. doesn't mean other people are going to hell. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, there is no, there is, it's hard. doesn't mean it's not possible. It's very hard to find this deep joy and gratitude and peace and comfort, even in the midst of death and suffering and whatever, if you're not attached to the sacraments. I mean, Carla and I just talked about this the other day where I said, I don't know how bad life would be if I didn't have the supper five times a week. I mean, it would just be miserable. And you can imagine then, so you don't say to your friend, no, you're wrong because you think you're healed outside of the sacraments. That's not what you say, but you say, boy, you were healed. Isn't that great? Well, he's got more healing to give. Why don't you come get some of this? That's the kind of witness we need to give. If they say, boy, he worked outside of his means, say, isn't that great? Isn't that a blessing? Say amen and come to the supper. That's what it's all about. Let me, can I take Beth and then I'll take you? Go ahead. Uh-oh. Yeah. What I'm sorry, what page are you on? Page ninety one, okay. Exactly. Yeah, right. The now, not yet. Yeah. But you should begin, and I, I, you know, it's almost like I'm beating a dead horse or 
whatever you want to say. But you should begin to see all these things he said here are all applicable to the Holy Supper. Everything he said here. Why do you, I mean, so you, you I mean, the first thing you said was brilliant, where you said, believe and love are characteristic verbs. Neither can be accomplished in a hurry. And then he goes on to say, or you said, these happen so that we might believe. And then Luther's definite, why do you go to the Holy Supper? That I may believe, he says. And it's a glimpse of the reality to come. It's the, it, that's, the, that's the now, not yet par excellence. So, you know, sometimes, well, none of you folks, for sure, but some people, you know, bang on me and they say, it's all about the Holy Supper with you. Well, yeah, what else is there? Because that's, that's, that's signs and wonders right there. That's the greatest sign and the greatest wonder you can ever experience is right there. And to move people from the abstract or even a bit existential and pull them back into a concrete, tangible reality that's given over and over again, that's where they need to be. Yeah, right. And so um, I had very unreal expectations. Yeah. So I don't know why I said that, but I just, it's reading in there, it's like when they were talking about, um, you know, you're frustrated because you don't see the sign. Right. That's right. <laughs> At least you're honest. That's true. Because it's true. Because I'd be like, oh, guess what I saw. I'm yeah. right here. I mean, I'd be really like that. I don't know if you've been here somewhere. Beth, what do you have? I don't want to belabor it either, but I think it's so much of our lives have been through the principal dance. Yeah, right. Really? And I never knew what to say, but everybody was kind of Yeah. That's right. That's right. And then, um, but it led me to think of a book that I'd read 25 years ago. And so I picked that up again. But to me, it's not like a, a sign, mm-hmm. but it was just a reminder. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I never knew how to be signed. Right. Let's get Lindsay, and then we'll get you. Oh, go ahead, Jill. (laughs) I was just thinking, when when you were talking about how it all starts 
living the Eucharistic life mm -hmm. and Eucharistia because for some reason, I don't know why, it was easier for me to make the connection to the gratitude mm -hmm. that it started that way and I was fed that way and then could go out differently mm -hmm. rather than talking about it as carefully separate. Right, right. I don't know why, but it's, it's, it's the connection to living the Eucharistic life. And I know that's where it starts. Mm -hmm. That's a more tangible way to say, this is, this is why I go there. This is what I receive. And then this is what extends from that. That's, and I think that's the key, the extension. Because when people think that it stops at the Eucharist, they don't have the Eucharistic. They can't, that's not the Eucharistic life. A, a huge part of it is actually the going and then the sending. That's Nouwen's great thing, you know, why he says, ite missa est, at the end of the Mass, is literally go the mission from Nouwen's book on the Eucharist. I mean, that's, that's the way it is. That's the way it is. Go, yeah, right. Let's see how many authors we can bring into one statement at once. <laughs> go the mission, live in the country of the Trinity, what was, uh, and, uh, you know, fast continually. Who was that, Lauren Winner? Go ahead. Oh, oh, oh. Can we take, she, I, I neglected to go to her last time. And since I'm a fair man, let's go. Yeah, right. Um, and, 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 and the challenge for people who do not live within the sacramental worldview and, 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 and a rhythm of, of that life is it's so very easy to get focused. And I, as I listen to this conversation, I'm, I, know, I know so many times I'm one of those people. Um, <laughs> and, and it's, it's so very easy to get focused on the experience, um, not within a rhythm. It, 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 doesn't, it doesn't lead you back. Yeah. It's your magic thing. It's what I would just call it an addiction. And, and, and part, of it, part of the thing that has helped me as I try to love, love my friends that are in this is to say, how, how does that having happened to you help you love God more? Um, which, which, which opens up a whole different conversation because that's I'm right. That's right. You, you get the conversation moving in the other direction. Um, that, that, that's, that was, I think, a, a step in the right direction. So in the whole direction, but it leads points back in, in, in the church so that, as a sac it, it's the sacramental rhythm then of being able to come back. That's right. Thank you, Lord, for all the gifts you've given me. That's right. Yeah, that's well, that's well said. I mean, dealing, or I shouldn't say dealing with, that's negative. Uh, engaging people who are kind of, I've never heard kind of signs and wonders people, but that's a, that's a good way to put it, is, is like the experience that I have at every wedding. Receptions. Because when you go, people only want to talk about themselves. Have you ever noticed that? You sit down at a table at a reception, 
and you're just waiting for someone to engage you. And the person across from you, they're like, well, I got a new job this year. And the guy next to him says, yeah, I'm getting married this year, and I divorced my wife this year. And no one talks to you. They just all want to talk about themselves. And in a sense, that's kind of the way this works out is you need to, you need to begin. It's, it's very uh, anthropocentric. You really need to put your attention. If we could begin to talk about the Lord first and then ourselves, we'd be much better off. But all these conversations, and you hear it even, even here with kind of friends we have, it always is about themselves. That's just, that's not, that's not the Jesus way. Yeah. You don't even know me. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. They'll go. That's right. They. That's right. I gain a lot of friends by just asking questions. <laughs> And it's not like they don't have bad social skills. That's just who they are. That's just their identity. Exactly. Did you, I, did, did, we ask, did you answer your question? You didn't ask your question yet. Gigi, I'll come to you. You can put your arm down. I'll get you. Really? That's right. That's right. Yeah, that's well said. And, um, and that's sometimes where the disconnect is. People see a sign and just wait for another one. That's right. I almost bought that on eBay. Did you see that? With the Blessed Virgin's imprint? Yeah. Frame that for my office. <laughs> it, we really, really <laughs> yeah. Gigi, what do you have? Well, you know, um, doesn't Paul talk about encouraging each other? Mm-hmm. And I've always found it very encouraging to know about uh, prayers being answered. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and so 
Yeah, right. Miracles that God is That's right. Yeah. <laughs> right. We should have a prayer that they calm down over there. What do you think? And and one of the and one of the great fallacies is this this old I don't know where it even comes from that well if you pray your prayers the Lord's either going to say yes no or maybe in the future or yeah wait or whatever I mean that's such a that's such a fallacy that's not the way the Lord works but as there was a quote in the margins from a church father a couple of weeks back that said if he doesn't give you what you want in your prayers he's going to give you something better that's right yes exactly and that is so strange for people. You know, you, you, you pray and pray and pray. Like, this gets back to the, why, why did such evil happen to her? Why did I die or whatever? And you say, why? I mean, I know people that have lost their faith. I shouldn't say it. They've given up their faith over someone who's died because they prayed for them and it didn't work out. But then you have to ask, well, maybe death was better. You know? Um, yeah. Carol, what do you have? 
Good. Five minutes. We got three questions. Three hands. So go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. That's right. That's exa- yeah, you can't base your faith on a miracle. Right. That's right. And yeah, when they when they right yeah let the lord do the signs he wants but once you ask for it it ain't going to happen okay yeah Yeah, right. Yeah. Who was next? Do you have a question? Yeah, the question was um, you pray for discernment or mm-hmm. good judgment, and you get one of these signs and wonder things come up. How do you know what is self will, and how do you know what is, an, I guess, an opportunity or something that you could do some footwork on and mm-hmm. pray more about? Give me an example. Like a new job? You always need to go back to the names. And this is where I think people get, people get a little, not, I don't want to say bollocks up because it's not that bad, but they just get a little off track with their prayers. Um, uh, this will open up a whole can of worms, but I'll tell you and then I'll leave. Um, <laughs> I actually don't, I don't know, um, I don't know if there's one person for you to marry, for instance. I don't know if that... Now, like Dietrich Bonhoeffer says, yes, there is. I don't know if that's... <clears throat> I don't know if that's complete. It's not like... Um, and this doesn't take away from my love for her at all. I don't, I don't want you to think that. Um, but I don't think... It's like the Lord said, Abby Just and Josh Gainick, before the foundation of the world, you're meant to be married. Did he know that? Yeah. But are there a variety of people that we could have married and the Lord would have blessed that? Yes. So to pray, send me the spouse you want me to have, that's not a bad prayer. But when you begin to say, um, I want to marry this person, and is that the right person for me? It's a good prayer if you're asking for discernment insofar as the Lord uh, is the God of all wisdom and grace. Or in the new member class, someone said, um, 
should I pray for, should I pray as to whether or not I should buy this car? So I'm going to buy a new car. Should I pray whether or not this is a good decision? I remember doing this as a kid. Should I go to this college or that college? Send me a sign. Should I play basketball or not play basketball? Send me a sign. Should I play football or not? And that was more of my mom saying, you're going to get killed out there because I'm a nurse and you're going to break all your bones. Don't do it. Should I play football or not play football? You know, that's, he, he's not set to answer those questions unless you can find it within his name. So the prayers you want to pray are, Lord, you're the bridegroom of the church. This is a marriage one. You're the bridegroom of the church. You're faithful to your bride. Send me someone who will be faithful to me as well. There you're praying within the name. Or, whoa, hello. Or, uh, you know, Lord, you're the great physician of both body and soul. I'm going to do this. Now protect me. This is the other thing. And this is where Lutheran, you know, we, we kind of become charismatics about this. He's baptized your brain. You can think rationally and make decisions. Is it this job or this job? Well, he's happy with both. Do what you want to do. Your brain's been baptized. Make the right decision. You, you, you get, you've been given an intellect and a will, and you've been educated. Make the right decision and then say, Lord, please bless this. That's the way he works. I don't know what car to get. Well, do your research and find out. Should I play sports? Should I play football? Well, my mom really doesn't want me to, and if I come home and she's going to be angry, that wouldn't go well for me. But I really want to. Well, rationally, I know this. I probably shouldn't do it. That's the way it works. He doesn't become sort of some sort of spiritualist where he, he you know, you're not, you're not a, I mean, it's not like you're a puppet and he says, okay, now just pray the right prayer and I'm going to move you over here to this job and won't that be great? Because then it's a denial of the incarnation. You're actually a human being and flesh is good and your mind is good and it's all been baptized, so use it and do what you need to do. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, yeah, exactly. And when he does give you an answer, if you don't like it, you can't say, Lord, I don't like that. He gave you the answer. <laughs> that wasn't, that's, that's not the answer I was looking for. Well, sorry. <laughs> we'll take one more, then we'll wrap it up. One more. Yeah, right. Lord, I didn't expect this. Which didn't happen to me. Didn't happen to me. That's right. Yeah, right. Right. Like that is, it's not that they're running around the 
Yeah, that's right. Maybe the means was the deer and the miracle was the book. We'll have to see. Could be your heart. Could be the book. I don't know. The Lord works by means. I'll pick it up. You want me to pick one? Short prayer. Let's, uh, what? Oh, I was going to pray for who gets the dinner. <laughs> let, me, let me pick one and then we'll pray. Let's see. Well, let, let's pick one from the bottom. Pastor Gainick. Whoa, hey. Getting. Where did she go? She's not here picking up. Lindsay Yonker. She's picking another one. <laughs> Where's she at? It is a miracle. Oh, God, you are so good. <laughs> Miracles of... Pastor Nelson, I just prayed for you. Whoa, hello. All right, let's close in the Lord's Prayer, and then we'll tell her she... We'll say, come on down. You're the winner, yeah. <laughs> You won. <laughs> All right. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven... Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you.